And we were out in the front yard and she stopped to talk. Uh, she said, so where do you guys go to church? Well, you know, we're not really committed right now, but we've been going to Our Lady Queen of the Universe in North Huntsville. And just that fast, she said, oh, how do you put up with that? <laughs> and I said, excuse me? And she said, look, I was raised Catholic. I know all about it. Salvation is by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Each of us has a unique story of how that takes place. In this series of podcasts, members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. Here now is My Grace Life Story. This is My Grace Life Story. My name is Matt. I'm the Senior Associate Pastor at Grace Life Church of the Shoals. I'm with Tim Martin. He's handling all of our recording for us today. And I have with us in our Grace Life Recording Studios, Tom and Cheryl Mauter. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Okay. Good. Good deal. Glad that you guys are with us. Looking forward to hearing a little bit about your Grace Life Story. And so, Tom, let's kick things off with you. If you would, just introduce yourself, maybe a few facts about yourself, and then Cheryl will let you do the same, and then we'll go from there. All right, sure. Thank you for having us today. Absolutely. We appreciate that. Tom Mauter, born and raised in Florence, went to high school, coffee high school. Another coffee. Another you know, coffee. every time we have a Florence person, they're coffee, and I yet to have had a Bradshaw yeah. grad. So I know many. You, okay, you know many, but yeah. you're not one of them. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, yeah. well, whatever. So we, we like coffee people here at Grace Life. For some I'm reason. glad. So here, we'll take all the coffee yellow jackets we got. So I'm glad. Go so, ahead, brother. Uh, graduated from high school, uh, joined the local apprenticeship program, plumbers and pipe fitters, became a welder, worked construction several years, and then uh, decided to go back to school or go to school after we got married. What year did you guys get married? Uh, 81. 81. Yeah. All right. So started to uh, UNA and found out we were expecting our first child, questioned whether we were going to abandon that idea or keep going. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, my darling wife helped. Uh, she worked to help put me through college. All so right. finished up at UNA, went to UAH, got an engineering degree, and then went to work for the paper mill up here, International okay. Paper. Back yeah. in those days, it was Champion International. Gotcha. And then uh, just recently retired in All October right. of last year. So what year did you start working there at Champion? 1990. 1990, and yeah. now retired. Now retired. But I, I know you, brother, and you're retired, but you're still staying busy, right? Oh, extremely. Yeah. Not quite sure how I got yeah. anything done <laughs> before. Uh, yeah, most people retire and, and, and do more in retirement than yes. they did when they were working. Exactly. So, yeah, I got you. All right. Thanks, brother. Cheryl, how about you? Just a few facts about yourself. Well, I was raised in New Mexico. We moved here when I was 16. Okay. My father was in the Air Force, and he retired and decided to move here and go to preaching school. Okay. And Why, um, What preaching school? International Bible College. I was okay. raised Church of Christ. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, now, my sister had been here going to college. Okay. She graduated the same year we moved here, so she moved back out west, and we, right. we then we were here. So, so what did he do in the military? I really don't know. Okay. He, he that was, just was in something the military, he right? never talked about. He okay. was he, he was in the army right. right after he and mother married. He did his I don't know, two or four years in that, was out for just a short time, then went into the Air Force and that's all we ever knew as kids okay. was, was Air Force. So right. we were lucky we didn't have to move a lot like most military sure. families. We right. were in New Mexico the whole time. Yeah. So okay. um moved here. In hmm, 73, 74, somewhere along in there. I graduated from coffee as well, same right. year, yeah. 78. Oh, yeah. all right. Great. <laughs> he just bugged the stew out of me. <laughs> but grew up 
stayed Church of Christ okay. until I graduated from high school. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. Okay. And good. So then we married and he went to school. We started having family and luckily I didn't have to work once the kids came along. So yeah. I was able to stay home. I'm, I'm a retired hairdresser. So okay. I went back to work after our youngest went off to college Yeah, gotcha. and worked for about uh, five or six years, seven years, somewhere yeah. out in there. Okay. So. All right. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's let's now that you guys have kind of brought us up to speed a little bit with a few facts about yourself. Let's rewind some things. Okay. okay. So, uh, Tom, tell me a little bit about growing up. Did Did you grow up in a Christian home? Were you affiliated with the church in any way? What What was that like in your life? I was born and raised Catholic. My whole family for generations were very devout Catholic. I was active in the church. Uh, you know, started out as an altar boy when I was very small, okay. and then yeah. as I grew older, I got into other ministries that were available. I was a lector, Eucharistic minister, uh, led what they call a renewed class uh, later on. All right. Okay, so let's let's pause on some of this, brother, because a lot of that, <laughs> and I'm even not familiar with some of that. So, Tom, if you would walk, walk us through what some of that activity, what does it look like to be a lector in the Catholic Church? And, uh, you know, a lot of the folks that I know that say I grew up Catholic did not grow up devout Catholic. They, they had a loose association, a lot similar to what a lot of people are like with the Baptist Church, right? They 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 kind of well, I was Baptist, but they they weren't real committed to it. So that's my experience with a lot of folks that they've grown up Catholic. But you're different. It sounds like you grew up very devout. Generations of of uh, your family were in the Catholic Church. So so what did some of these m- roles look like in the Catholic Church? Give us yeah. some info on that. So during the church service each uh, Sunday or as you know Saturday evenings, there were always two readings that were done by lectors prior to the priest getting up and. Uh, having a gospel reading and then offering his right. sermon. So they had people that would do those readings, so I would do that. Okay. And then, uh, you know, the Catholic Church for uh, for ages, the priest only would serve the Eucharist. And then uh, post-Vatican II Council, they started allowing the laity to do that. Mm-hmm. So I became a Eucharistic minister. Okay. And so they would have, depending on the size of the service, two to four of us offering the host and offering the wine to gotcha. the people as they would come forward. Okay. I was very close to a priest there in Florence. I uh, thought the world of it at the time, and he would pull me in as a special minister for okay. some of the other services. So uh, it was unique. And yeah. then I was a uh, Cheryl and I worked with the youth group for several years. Okay. Um, and then I was also a uh, instructor for. The students who didn't go to Catholic school went to mm-hmm. the public schools. On Sundays, they would offer classes for them. And so I taught some of those classes for yeah. a while as well. So is that like catechisms yes. and things of that sort yes. from Catholic Church? Okay. Yes. All right. Gotcha. The old Baltimore Catechism. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So, all right. At, at what point, and obviously you said you and Cheryl ministered some together there, at, at what point did you know the Lord maybe begin to to take your path in a little different direction from Catholic doctrine, Catholic Church, into more of a gospel-centered, evangelical look at God's Word in the church. Okay. So in uh, in my late teen years, I kind of started questioning some things that the Catholic Church was teaching, and that mainly unfolded when uh, the church started this Renew program that I mentioned, and that was a home study, uh, home Bible study. Mm-hmm. And so they asked uh, volunteers to lead that in different homes. So Cheryl and I were part of a group of several young couples. I agreed to do so were, that. Were you and, guys married at this point? Uh, yes, we were. Yeah, married at this point. Okay. Sure were. All right. And so I uh, started leading this group. And, you know, for one of the first times, 
instead of just using the missalette uh, that was used on Sunday mm-hmm. mornings in the Catholic Church, I actually started getting into the Bible. They gave us booklets that uh, kind of guided us through our study. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got into the Bible, and as I did that, I started reading some things that I would say, well, that's not what we're doing in the Catholic Church. Interesting or, what God's Word will do if you exactly. just let it loose sometimes. And so I started going to the priest that I thought quite a bit of and asking him, what's the deal here? Mm-hmm. And his answer was typically, it's tradition, son. It's right. tradition. Do you remember some specific like specific verses or specific doctrines that as you read and studied them, you thought, now wait a minute, that that's not what we do. Were there certain well, things that stood out? Well, you know, the Bible points us to Jesus. Yep. And the Catholic Church is really big on Mary. Mm-hmm. And I, I had problems with that. You know, there were people who said that, uh, oh, we don't pray to Mary. Well, actually... They did. Mm-hmm. You know, the prayer to Mary starts out, Hail Mary, Mother right. of God. Right. You're calling upon her name. And then later in that prayer, you're asking her to intercede. And so I would go to him and I'd say, I, I'm not finding this. Going to the priest in the confessional and confessing all of my sins to him mm-hmm. instead of to God. I had a problem with that. The priest and the Pope acting as mediators when the Bible said there's only one mediator between yep. us and the Father, and that's Jesus Christ the Son. Yeah. I had a problem with that. And so all of the uh, the services and the priestly robes and it, all of this just started adding up, and I st- really started questioning what did I really believe based right. on what the Bible said. And so the priest answer most of the time was just, "Hey, this is the tradition of the Catholic Church. Right. We need to trust that." And, and I would, and I don't know if if it's Catholic dogma, maybe it is. You might could tell me here, but you know, in, in here at Grace Life and in, in any evangelical church, we would say, "Hey, the authority we function under is the Word of God. Right. It is God's Word. It is given to us, and so we function under the authority of God's Word." And it would seem in the Catholic Church they would say, "Yes, we have the Word." But we also have the tradition of the church. And so they set up almost like two systems of authority. Is that correct? Is that s- yeah, sort of what you were getting that's to? That's a good so, way of understanding it. Yeah. And then in addition to the traditions, you had all of the rituals. Mm-hmm. You had all of the sacraments, you know, the sacrament of the last anointing. That was another one of, like, show me that. Right. Show me that in the in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So just just had a lot of issues with yeah. that. Okay. So as you guys were sitting through this, what, what type of conversations were you guys having together? I mean, Cheryl, were you having some of these same? Of course, you grew up Church of Christ, now in the Catholic Church with Tom. I mean, what, was Tom coming to you and saying, Cheryl, what do you think? I mean, I, I'm reading this in the Bible, and, and it doesn't seem to line up. I mean, were you guys having conversations about this? I really didn't know he was questioning it because okay. because we stayed so involved in the in the Catholic Church, and I never questioned him sure. as far as where he was in that. Right. So, no, we really, I don't ever remember you coming and saying, hey, I'm really having a problem with this. How I had, because I had never converted. I just quit going to the Church of Christ, and it was just natural I go with him. Sure. And so... Was um, that a big change of pace for you, Church of Christ into the Catholic oh, yeah. Church? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes and no, because I was raised out west where you had, it, it was just the opposite of what it is here. You had one church Christ, maybe one Baptist, and then a Catholic church on every corner. Okay. So I grew up, all my friends were Catholic and all you. that. So that in itself really wasn't that, that new, although I was never allowed to go into the Catholic church with any of my friends. I still kind of knew about their holidays and 
kind of how they did and stuff like that. Sure. But yeah, it was it was still a big change going, but I wasn't surprised at any of it, I guess. Okay. Yeah, sure. Say. All right. Yeah. Okay, so Thomas, back to you. So you're, you're having these questions in your late teens, and, 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 and the Scripture is teaching you one thing, and then getting a little bit different answer from the priest as far as, mm-hmm. no, well, this is tradition. So what was the, the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, on, okay, I I can't stay here. You know, I'm, I'm reading God's Word. It's got something different for me. Too many questions are mounting up. What was it that maybe kind of pushed you over the edge there? So Cheryl and I had a mutual friend. He was Church Christ, went to uh, to church with you at the time, right? I was working construction, and he approached me and asked about just studying the Bible together at lunch every day. I was a little cautious because I had already been told by well, actually by Cheryl's dad that I was going to hell. He was right, but he was <laughs> he was right for the wrong reasons at the time. The bedside um, manner wasn't too good. Yeah, he, he didn't want us dating once he found out I was Catholic. But anyway, James and I started studying together, and James was never judgmental. He never, you know, poured out the, you're going to hell. He just said, let's study. And so he just started opening the Word every day at lunch and was just showing me things that I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. So... In the meantime, moved off to Huntsville, and I was moving. We moved in with my sister and brother-in-law. They offered to let us stay with them while I was okay. going to college. Well, he was leading every new group. And so I would sit in their group, and he would read. Uh, my brother-in-law would. He would read a passage, and then he would start explaining it. And I was like, ah, that's not what I just read. Where, where are you getting that? And so in the meantime, finished up school. No, senior year. Uh, we moved out to the community of Hazel Green. Okay. Uh, we rented yeah. a small house out there, and there was a wonderful lady there kept our daughter during the day. Uh, Cheryl was working. I was going to school and working. And so one night, she came walking down the street. She was just out for a walk with her husband. And we were out in the front yard, and she stopped to talk. Uh, she said, so where do you guys go to church? I said, well, you know, we're not really committed right now, but we've been going to Our Lady Queen of the Universe in North Huntsville. And just that fast, she said, oh, how do you put up with that? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, excuse me? And she said, look, I was raised Catholic. I know all about it. And so she did the Baptist thing. She went to her church and she sicked her pastor and her Sunday school teacher on us. And so they started coming to the house to visit. Okay. And, uh, you know, still a little bit apprehensive. But, you know, in the meantime, I had gone to churches on Sunday morning. And I'm, I'm not sure Cheryl even knew this at the time, but I'd get up on Sunday morning and I would go to a uh, Baptist church or a Church Christ church and I'd pull up in the parking lot and I would just sit there in tears. Mm. And I couldn't bring myself to get out of the car and step in because of all those years of hammering the Catholic faith into right. me. And so anyway, started studying with the pastor, the Sunday school teacher. We started visiting the church, got turned on to Sunday school. Never had that before, you know, and we're just on fire for the Word of God. Mm. And so I uh, visited for, uh, I guess it was several weeks, might have been a few months. One Sunday night, you know, the Spirit had been working on me saying, you know, you, you got to make a decision here. Mm-hmm. One Sunday night, they were singing a song, uh, the closing hymn. And never forget the words where God will save you, God will save you now. Mm. And, you know, I realized I'm in tears. I've clinched in the bench in front of me with white knuckles. And I went to the pastor and I said, I I have to be saved. I have to have this salvation. Yeah. Amen. So how how big of, and I've already talked to, to Cheryl and asked her, you know, kind of growing up in the Church of Christ, coming to the Catholic Church, and then you just mentioned, hey, years of 
Catholic doctrine, Catholic <clears throat> teaching, and even going to the parking lot. And I don't know if I could do this. I'm in tears. I mean, so so just how different was it to 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 go into a Baptist church and to, and to hear the preaching and to be a part of a Sunday school? You know, we call that small groups here at Grace Life, but Sunday school. I mean, it just how big of an adjustment was that for you, Tom, to go in and say, okay, th- this is different. You know. <laughs> It was huge for a lot of reasons. Of course, um, you know, my dad, he wanted the quickest Sunday service there was. So we would get up and be at church on Sunday morning for the 6 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. service because there was no singing, there was no preaching. So you were in and out the door in about 30 minutes, right? Man, Quick. I'm, just, I'm just trying to think how many we could get here at Grace Life for a 6.30 a.m. anything. Not, you know, service, small group, anything. I, it would, the numbers would be low. So, hey, credit to your dad for at least getting yeah, up and getting sorry, there at that time. He had, and it, you know, it was a family of five kids and uh, yeah. mom and dad up. Wow. So it was really it was mom, mom doing all that. that. Yeah. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Um, I understand that. And so, like I said earlier, we had miscellets, and it seemed to be a lot of repeat from year to year, the right. same readings that we mm-hmm. were having. So... Getting into a Baptist church at the time, and and by the way, the pastor's wife, before I ever joined, she was very kind, and she had told me, she knew the struggles I was going through, and she said, look, you don't need to go looking for the Church Christ or the Baptist or anybody else. You need to go looking for Jesus. Yeah, amen. And where you find him, that's where you plug in. Yeah. And so I did. And so opening the Word of God mm-hmm. and studying from the Word of God, not a misled, and you know, we would we would start in a passage in the preaching of the word, and of course, you know, he'd say, "Okay, turn over here." And I was like, "What? <laughs> I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know right. where to find all this right. stuff necessarily." And so we were walking back and forth in the in the word of God, and it was just amazing. And then mm-hmm. we in Sunday school and to to walk through books of the Bible and having somebody teach it. And, I can remember walking away so many Sunday mornings. I was like, why didn't he say this? And why didn't he say that? I was mm. just, I was hungry for the word. Yeah. And so that was just so different than what I had had in the yeah. past. So the spirit was, had, was awakening you oh, yes. this entire time. So, yes. yeah. Wow. Amen. Cheryl, what about you? So, so Church of Christ into the Catholic Church. Now, now Tom has, has, has led into the Baptist Church. I mean, so, you know, how was the Lord working in your life at all this time? Well, being raised Church of Christ, Daddy did not go to church when I was growing up. Mother made sure we were there any time and every time the doors were open. Right. We were there for everything. I think now that I look back on it, I think Daddy was an alcoholic. Yeah. So I think for Mother, it was just a a safe place, sure. a loving place to go to for right. her. And she wanted to make sure we had that, I think. Okay. Not that Daddy was a was a rough alcoholic, right. uh, not abusive or anything, but there was just that mm-hmm. that sense of she belonged and she right. wanted us to have that. Of course, then we then we move here. Daddy was was uh, I actually think he was saved. Mm-hmm. He still had Daddy had been raised Church of Christ growing up. My grandparents were Church of Christ, so he had that background that I think he really never forgot. So then when he did get back into the church and we moved here, that in itself, that was, you know, I was 16, I was starting to date, starting to drive, that kind of stuff. So that was a whole new world, too. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is when I hit probably my rebellion years, because at that time then, there were rules in the house mm-hmm. that maybe there hadn't been. I, I couldn't date people that weren't Church of Christ, right. you know, that kind of thing. So, so yeah, I had the rebellion going on there and stuff. 
couldn't wait till I got out of the house so I didn't have to have those rules or the, the upbringing. And I did leave the church as soon as the Church of Christ as soon as I graduated, never stepped foot back in it again, except for when I'd go visit mother and daddy or something like that. Basically, because I got tired of the legalism, it wasn't that, and, and I know I, now coming to Grace Life, we'll go home a lot of Sundays and I'll think, I never heard that. Even being raised, you'd think being raised in Church of Christ, you hear it all, and you really don't. Or if you do, they've got something added to it. Sure. Yeah. So it's interesting that, you know, now, now very different, you know, from Catholics mm-hmm. to the Church of Christ, but and not trying to brand all Church of Christ or all Catholic churches in this way, but in, in different ways, but in similar ways, they each have their systems. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it, the Catholics right. in, in some ways have their system. And you mentioned the sacraments and, and some of these other things. Okay, you you work that system, right? And that, that's where ultimately that, that, that's how we're going to look. The Church of Christ Church, very different than what the Catholics would teach, but they kind of have their they system. Have their you system. work this system. and mm-hmm. But ultimately, both of them come back to work the system. Mm-hmm. You know, what what are you doing? You know, what mm-hmm. you work the works that you need to in order to, to ultimately find favor with the Lord. And, and as you guys have, have both heard been saying, it's the, the, there's no system that gets you to a right no. standing with the Lord. You know, it's it's only Christ um, there. So, so go ahead. I'm sorry, Cheryl, I interrupted you, but but keep going. Yeah, I had a wonderful. I can remember one Sunday school teacher that I had. It seemed like I had her forever. I don't mm-hmm. know what age group she actually had. She's the only one I ever remember having. Very godly woman, but that was pretty much the only place that you that she would seem like really get into any of the scriptures. And I guess she was probably limited as what she could right. teach, I'm sure, because of the elders and stuff. But then moving here, still got into it. And then when he and I started, I guess it was, well, I was sick at the time that he was struggling a lot with church. Okay. I had shingles really, really, really bad for weeks. And so he would get up, I thought, go to church. And that's when he was struggling the most. And I didn't know at that right. time. And so it seemed like once we got out of, once I got through the shingles and stuff is about the time we moved to Newmarket. And so that all kind of took place for me pretty quick. I was like, oh, you were Catholic, but What's going on now? Yeah. You know, and um, made a huge difference in our lives. The it was it was just it was just a different time, but it was a sweet time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so, so how long were you guys there in Hazel Green? And so, how long were you guys a part of the you know the Baptist Church ultimately, where the Lord you know saved you and, and brought you an understanding of the gospel? And and what did that look like over a time of of now, you know, as the Lord has transformed your life, now beginning to, to learn more and, and to be sanctified. So how long were you guys there? Actually, we were only there a little less than a year mm-hmm. because uh, in the meantime, I had graduated from UAH and accepted the job at uh, Champion. And so uh, I was saved. I was baptized a week later and started uh, the new job the next morning. And then within two weeks, uh, we were moving uh, to Center Star. And so I'm a new Christian, don't quite know what to do. I've never gone through finding a church before. Several of the guys that I worked with uh, invited me to uh, Baptist Church in Killen. And so joined there, and we, we were members there for 11 years until we moved out of Killen. During that time, the, 
I wish I could tell you a switch was thrown and I was sanctified to perfection immediately, <laughs> but it doesn't work that way. We're all looking for that switch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I keep telling people, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I still have problems, but God's not done with me. Yeah, <laughs> he's not He's not finished. Amen. So anyway, we plugged in there. We're very active. When we first got there, I was a member of a small group, couple small groups we were. It was just a short period I was asked to, to teach Sunday school, and I said, hey, I, I'm a new Christian here. He said, yeah, we understand, but, you know, we, we'd like you to, 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 to do this. So I taught couples class for well, the whole time we were there, I guess 11 years. Okay. And, of course, uh, Killen is where Cheryl was, was saved. Mm-hmm. I was out of town in Arkansas on a duck hunting trip, and I came back, and she's like, I got saved. <laughs> <laughs> so walk us through that a little bit, Cheryl. So, you know, how, how was the Lord working in your life there at Killen? And, and obviously the Lord had, had saved Tom mm-hmm. when you guys were in New Market. But walk us through a little bit of your conversion there and how the Lord began to open your eyes to, to see your need of Christ. Well, you know, being raised in Church of Christ, I did what every Church of Christ child does at 12 years old. You walk that aisle, you get baptized, and everything's good to go. So all those years, I'm a Christian. I'm I'm good. I'm good. And we had, I think, all three children by that time. I think Savannah was an infant. And we had New Song had come one night and to do a concert for yeah. us. It's and a blast from the past. Hadn't heard yeah. that yeah. name in a while. So, yeah. but yeah. I don't remember what song they were singing. Couldn't tell you. But just knew that the Lord had saved me that night. Yeah. Did not go into believer's baptism till even later, though, because that one baptism that I had as Church of Christ was enough. You know, right. that, that one did it. That one saved me. It's good to go. And it was, gosh, the children, we were in killing for a long time before I realized that wasn't it, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. you okay. need that believer's baptism right. at that point. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. So so mine isn't quite as, as dramatic as what <laughs> yeah, his no. conversion well, it's was. it's dramatic in its own way, is it what was. I always tell it people. Was. You know, anytime um, the Lord saves a sinner, it's a dramatic work that he true. does in our lives. That's it true. looks different for all of us, that's true. but it's just as much God's grace, uh, no matter what that testimony looks like. So, so when, how long have you guys been at Grace Life now? Uh, Twelve years. Twelve years. My goodness, I... I had no idea you'd been here 12 years. It's gone by fast. So so how'd you first get here? Did somebody invite you? Did you hear a sermon on the radio? How'd you guys get over to Grace Life? So a lot of things were lining up again um, to to kind of move us. Uh, We had uh, moved from Killam, went to another community. Uh, We're active, very active in the church there. But there was just a whole lot going on there all the time. Pastors coming and going. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Just a lot of of things that uh, we struggled with. And so we, we had that going on. And, of course, I spent, you know, 13 years working out of the country. And so when I would be um, in China, if I was in Shanghai, I could find a church. Uh, it was a non-denominational church that I could go worship uh, with uh, fellow believers. But if I were in some of the more rural areas or other cities, there was no church. So on Sundays, I would go looking for sermons. And so I had remembered from years ago, friends of mine had attended, back then, First Baptist Muscle Shoals, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that was in the back of my mind. I had heard about Jeff Noblet, and so got to looking up some of his sermons while I was in China and listening to them. And I thought, hey, that's that's interesting. I've never heard this kind of preaching before. And so in the meantime... So what was... 
when you say you never heard that kind of preaching before, how, how was it different? Well, first of all, expository preaching. Okay. Never been exposed to that, of right. somebody just taking a book and walking through it. Gotcha. And the reason that made an impression on me, I can remember so many times uh, sitting in the church listening, and we wouldn't be in a series, so to speak, but we'd kind of be walking through parts of a book, and we'd get to what most would consider a difficult passage, and that Sunday the pastor just kind of skipped over yeah, that. Kind of jumped, leapfrog, right? Leapfrog. Leapfrog over it. And, and I hated that because mm-hmm. I still wanted to know the truth, as much truth as I could about everything. And so the expository preaching, the preaching with authority okay. was just something that never, never been exposed to as well. Right. At the same time, uh, my dad got in bad health. We had to move in with him for the last 10 months of his life, and Ms. Cheryl took care of him those 10 months. And so we couldn't go to our home church. A lot of Sunday mornings we would have to split up. And so we started visiting. I would run to a church somewhere around the Shoals area, and I would come home, and then Cheryl would go to one. And so I had a few opportunities to come over here. Started visiting. My dad passed away. Started visiting here for for quite a while, uh, still listening to the sermons over there. And then, of course, you know, after all you hear about uh, the rumors out there about sure. the church, sure. I made up a list of many, many items. And uh, our teacher here for small group is also Elder Phil Baggett. And so I said, hey, can we go to breakfast one morning? Yeah. I got a list of things <laughs> I want to talk to you about. Uh, and, uh, and Phil was great. He let me sit there for a couple hours and just walk through all of those right. things that I had wondered about. And ultimately, it was just the... The preaching of the word, the the preaching of the truth, that brought us here. Yeah, actually, I had been visiting for quite some time, and Cheryl was very blessed to have a uh, Sunday school teacher at our previous church that she just loved, a very godly woman. Which, by the way, they're members here now okay. too. By okay, the way. yeah. But I went in and I told her, I said, "Look, I've I have um, you know contemplated this for a while, I've prayed about it, but I'm going to join Grace Life." And right. she said. I said, you're, you're welcome to, to do what you'd like. I'd love for you to join me, but I understand where you are. And she said, I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. Had you visited some already, Cheryl, or no? You, you had not been at all. I hadn't, so. but there were some things that I, I wasn't comfortable with in our— and it was a ladies' class, a great group of ladies, but just some things that I just—I I don't know. They just I just wasn't comfortable with right. them. And although I was a little more hesitant because I thought, that's a huge church. (laughs) That's a really big church, you know. And so I came a few times with you. took me a little while because I was involved with some stuff there that I needed to finish. And so, but once we started coming, I was like, oh, it doesn't feel so big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the small groups is, is is so loving and so welcoming, and everybody is just you you hit the door, everybody speaks to you, mm-hmm. and it just it just feels like home. Yeah, amen. Yeah. So and so you guys, when you started visiting, y'all were in the couples class. Was that the small group that you guys yes. went to yes. first? And you and you guys kind of. I know you serve in there still. So, so what was that like? You'd been in a ladies' class, and I don't know, Tom. Maybe you were tied to a men's class in previous church. What was the couples' class like? Was that uh, something good for you guys? Uh, really different? What, what was that like? I liked it. Yeah, I liked it because he had taught a men. He was teaching a men's class. Right. We had not been in a class together since killing. Okay. And so by this time, our kids are grown, and so well, 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Savannah was in college. The baby was in college. So for us to be back in a class together, it was great. Yeah, and Phil was leading that class, you said? So. He was leading, and then uh, Chad Epperson was okay. uh, the, yep. the substitute. So gotcha. we had just all kind of godly teaching, right. which was another thing that amazed us. I mean, when we came here, we heard Brother Jeff, and then, you know, there was a Sunday come around, Brother Jeff was gone, and this guy named Matt Fowler was going to preach. And I thought, <laughs> this is where it's going to run off the rails. Oh, There's no it, depth it, it here. Might, and it might have. You know, brother, so. and you preached, and I was like, oh, my goodness, they've got depth. And then you were gone, and Brother Steve was going to preach. And I was like, oh, it's got to run off the rails. Right. And again, man, he just brought the word. Yeah. And it was the same way in small group. You know, Phil was teaching a very, uh, very godly man, a very wonderful instructor, and he would be gone, and Chad would teach, and... We were just amazed at the seriousness of the teaching of the Word. And it wasn't just that. You know, we, we joked in our class for years that to be a member of that class, you must have an adult child that's gone wayward, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so they just wrap around each other and yeah. support each other through Amen. all that's going on in your life. And, you know, if you have a prayer request, it doesn't turn into a gossip session through the church that gets out into the community. Yeah. It's people that love you and pray for you and check up on you uh, as far as that prayer request at a later date. So yeah. all that was just so new to That's us. New. Yeah, amen. Yeah, well, I, I think of you know those things that we are kind of aiming at in small group class, and uh, you know one of those is that we provide fellowship to meet individual needs, and those needs mm -hmm. vary. Uh, sometimes those are physical needs, and I, I know just from, from you guys serving, you all have had people that have had physical needs before, but sometimes there's spiritual needs, uh, such as a, a, a child that's wayward, and you need people just to pray with you, pray Absolutely. for you, kind of gird you up at times, you know, in those difficult challenges, and that, that's what we're looking for in that small yeah. group. And, you know, I, one of the things that uh, we have so many small group leaders, so many small group classes that, that really strive to to honor the Lord and, 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 and really get in there with their class members. And, you know, we've kind of always, even before my time of being on staff here, looked at small group is more than just that one hour, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Sunday school class. It, it's always been something that we desire that people are really involved in one another's lives. And it, it's almost a Especially now that we have things like cell phones and emails and, I, you know, all our small group leaders, I, I can't tell you the amount of networking and prayers and prayer requests and fellowship. It's David Young used to use this illustration about small groups. He said it, it's like kicking an anthill over. You know, sometimes you may look at it and you think, well, there's, there's, there's not much activity going on. But if you went up and kicked that anthill, you'd see underneath there's all sorts of ministry. And that's why small groups, that, that's really how they function. I, some do better than others maybe here at Grace Life. But when you really kick that, the top of that anthill over and you see the mass of activity, that's what a small group class yeah. is meant to be. Hey, just prayers and hanging out and fellowship and what does the Word of God say? And a good testimony that you guys experience that and, and hopefully are still experiencing that here at Grace Life as well. So let, let me rewind and, and, and I'm not going to ask you to go into all the details, but, but this conversation you've been visiting, call Phil, a church elder, and okay, brother, I got a list. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not asking you to go line item, you know, on the list, but, but walk me through, what was that conversation like? I mean, as you guys talked and obviously, you know, the Lord had, had worked in both of you guys' lives and, and you're Christians and you're searching for a church home and, you know, you're, you're at least interested enough to say, okay, I'm going to have a conversation, um, you know, with one of the church elders about this. What, what was that like? And, and, and maybe not all, but maybe some of the things that you talked about that you just needed some clarification on as you were thinking and praying about Grace Life. So 
we've been members of smaller rural churches for years, all three of them that we were members of, considerably smaller. So as Cheryl uh, said, the size of the church was a concern for us. We got introduced to small groups, and Phil shared that's where the ministry takes place for individuals. Right. Okay, understand that. Well, what about this enormous debt? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I'll be honest with you. And he said, you know, Jeff will tell you too. He said, we made some decisions in the past as a church that we probably wouldn't make now. Sure. He said, but uh, now we have the debt. We've got to move forward. We've got to get out of that debt. Yeah. And it is what it is. So yeah. that was one. The subject of church discipline, which was, that was new to us as well. We had seen instances of I'm going to call it celebrating sin in the church hmm. in the past. And Cheryl and I had a problem with that. So when you say celebrating sin, what what does that look like? It's almost unfathomable that we would say, okay, we're going to celebrate sin in the church. But I do understand that at times, you know, it might happen. So what what had you been you guys experiencing? Things, things would happen. Um, you know, young ladies would, would, would do something maybe they weren't supposed to. And instead of that being addressed... You know, baby showers were being thrown, gotcha. parties were being held, celebrations were being had, and Cheryl and I were like, I don't know. You know, yeah. we're still new in the faith, relatively speaking, but I just don't know if that's the way that this should move forward. So talk to Phil about the church discipline, and of course he didn't give any examples, but he just said it's it's something that the Bible teaches and typically is not addressed in other churches, and we feel to follow the Word of God we need to adhere to church discipline. Yeah, You know, since we've joined, we've seen that and seen how loving it's done and how yeah. people have been restored, and it's absolutely amazing. And, I mean, I have to say, I've been on the other side of that. You know, I, I wish I could tell you, Cheryl, and I've had just a rosy, peachy marriage for mm-hmm. 40, almost Plus. 42 years now. <laughs> Plus. Um, but, you know, I was, uh, there were times where I was more focused on the job the career than I was on my wife or my family. And I once had two of my fellow brothers come to me and said, we got to talk. Now, that wasn't church discipline in the way necessarily that it's done here, but it was still biblical in that Amen. two of my brothers approached me and, and they helped us tremendously. They yeah. helped restore us. They got us plugged into counseling and it just really helped turn our lives around. Yeah, so to see it on a much bigger basis and on a churchwide basis here was was fascinating yeah amen that's great well so you guys have been here 12 years now from you know the time when you you first praying about it thinking about it hearing some sermons having discussions with elders and and visiting and obviously you're still involved in small groups uh, there in the couples class we talked about that but cheryl i also see you here during the week sometimes (laughs) and and you're you're over there in that room that I don't venture over to because I, I'm no help in that room, but that's with the quilting ladies. We could teach you. I, I, I don't know if you could or not. I don't know that I have the capability for that. But talk to me a little bit. How did you get plugged in with those ladies? And tell me a little bit about what y'all are doing. And I, I know there's always a hub of activity over there. So so talk to us a little bit about the quilting ladies and what's going on there. Becky Baggett, I think, mentioned to me one day because she knew I loved to sew. Okay. I probably mentioned quilting or something. I never really liked quilting. Tommy's sister always tried to get me into it, and I was like, ugh, you got to do it by hand. Mm-mm, not me. That wasn't your style, huh? No. Okay. And then I got into it and loved it, and Becky mentioned that there was a group of ladies that meet here on Tuesday morning. Okay. So, oh, well, 
give that a shot. Yeah. And got in there and just fell in love with it. Yeah. And the ladies were wonderful. Jan Collins at the time was right. over it. Then she got COVID and was so sick. And yeah. we just kept trucking along in there without her. And then she came back stronger than ever. We, everything that we, all the quilts that we sell or giveaway or whatever, all the proceeds goes to AIT. Mm-hmm. That That's strictly for them. And it's just, we've lost a, a couple of the other ladies. I've moved since then, so it's very few of us mm-hmm. now. So how many are how many are normally in there each uh, week? Now? Regularly, there's four of us. Okay. All right. gotcha. <laughs> Two of them crochet. Uh, one is learning to quilt. Sharon's learning to quilt. All right. Josephine is a crocheting machine. <laughs> the woman, uh, could, I could crochet the rest of my life and not do as much as what she does in a week. Right. But some of our quilts during True Church Conference mm-hmm. are pastors, church plants, missionaries, things like that. They're free to take quilts home with them as many as they want. But anytime they are for sale here at church, you've probably seen them hanging in the hall over right. there. Things have kind of slowed down a little bit. We're kind of having to take a different route. Our long arm quilter is has moved, mm-hmm. and so we don't have the means to quilt the large quilts anymore. So we're kind of having to, to redo that. But, yeah, right. Becky just mentioned it, and okay. I thought, well, I'll give it a try, and yeah. I'm still there. So yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah those, those quilts are, all, are literally all over the world at this point, they you know, are. because missionaries and church planners, when they're mm-hmm. in for the conference, normally I see most of them leaving with one or two, you know, yeah. under their arm. And so yeah. those things are just all over the world at this point, and it's been a— Goodness, I, I don't know how long they've been doing it. They might have mentioned it to you, but they've been doing that for a long time now and uh, just been a blessing to so many people through the, the quilting ladies. The quilting uh, ladies, there. So yeah. yeah, so well, that's great. Well, hey, we're so glad that you guys are at Grace Life, and uh, thank you for sharing your testimony with us and uh, thankful that the Lord has brought you our way and the, the work of grace that he's done in each of your lives. And, uh, you know, uh, as you continue to plug in and continue to serve, whether it's the Quilton Ladies or the couple small group class, I know the Lord's going to use you in so many ways. So thank you for sharing with us uh, your Grace Life story today, and we look forward to seeing how the Lord's going to continue to build that story in the years ahead. Thank you. Absolutely. We hope you'll join us again next week for another episode of My Grace Life Story as members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. To find out more, visit gracelifeshoals.org. This podcast is a production of Grace Life Media.